Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Okay, praise the living God. Okay, friends, I want to go into another interesting subject, and uh, my intention is to help out in the way we interpret the book of Revelation. There's a need for some basic understanding as to the mode of the interpretation of the book of Revelation. So this I'm going to be dealing with the school of thoughts in relation to the interpretation of the book of Revelation. I'm very convinced it's going to be of great help to you when you study the book. It will give you a platform to stand on in your understanding as to the application of the book of Revelation. Yes, I mean the application. Praise God. Okay. Now, there are basically four school of thoughts. And I'm going to be dealing with these four school of thoughts in a sketchy form. Then I'm also going to be making you see another school of thoughts we are belong to. So now, the first school of thought on the interpretation of the book of Revelation is called the Preterist. Uh, this school of thought describes in veiled language events of John's own time and until the end of the Roman Empire or at least the conversion of Constantine in AD 33. Here the beast is seen only as the Roman Empire and Babylon is Rome or Jerusalem. Are you getting that? Making the book of no relevant to us as such today as it's a fulfilled eschatology. That's the bedrock for the preterist, fulfilled eschatology. However, there are clear references to Rome of John's time and it's helpful to know the circumstances of John's time in interpretation, interpreting the book. Now, it Paul's letters to the Romans, the Corinthians, the Colossians, the Ephesians, and the Thessalonians are still being used today in a similar manner. These letters written to the seven churches in Asia, then, like you find in Revelation 1 verse 11, are still very applicable to us today. In both John's and Paul's letters, God has chosen these to be Preserved for his church throughout the churches or the centuries. Just as a letter to the Corinthians addresses specific problems they have then, it also deals with these problems for future centuries. Because such problems can still crop up in the church even now. Therefore, if we find need to read the book of Corinthians, for instance, and resolve the problems there, we definitely can still use them to resolve problems today. Even so, the book of Revelation, you see, deals with the problems faced by the seven churches in Asia. But it also has a great deal to say to future generations and even ours. Since John used symbolic imagery, Revelation is not tied down to only the Roman Empire, but may also be used to describe successive pre- persecuting tyrannies down through the centuries. The next three methods of interpretation deal with the value of a revelation to future generations in different ways. 
So understand the preteris. I'm just trying to put up a little bit of an argument here. The preteris sees the book of Revelation as a fulfilled eschatology. Is that okay? But I'm saying why that is true, because the all thing they see basically in this book, it, it has to do with, like I said, uh, the Roman Empire as a beast, the primary focus, and then Babylon or Rome as Jerusalem. Right? Good. I mean, uh, what do you call Babylon? Sada Jerusalem or Rome. Amen? Yeah. And so, but what I'm trying to say essentially is that you must understand that this book was written to the seven churches in Asia. Uh, like we find in Revelation 1 verse 11. And so, if the books John wrote, like the book of John, and then Paul wrote also to all of those churches, are still applicable today, it invariably means the book of Revelation is still applicable because it was a letter to the seven churches in Asia. Is that clear? Alright. So anyway, that is the, 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 the ground or the platform of the preterist. That is school of thought of the preterist. Now, the second school of thought I would like to consider is from the historic, historical perspective. So they are called the historicists. The historicists. Okay? For historical perspective, that is interpreting the book of Revelation historically. Now, here is a chart of the whole of human history. From Christ's first coming to what is termed his second coming and beyond. The title plotted from the book of Revelation. In this method, people would try to make sections of Revelation fit in with specific historical events. The beast is seen as a current manifestation of the beast, such as a papacy, in the time of the Reformation. This position is untenable because there will be a wide variation of interpretations through the ages. But because the principles are valid to all generations, as the idealist would suggest, we will deal with that later, each generation should be able to identify the characters portrayed by Revelation. Therefore, the historicist's view should not be disparaged. It has provided comfort in times of persecution throughout church history. The most important of the historical interpretation from the 12th century to the time of Reformation makes the papacy, the beast, and Rome, or the Roman church, Babylon. Right? Same thing with the preterist. However, to make Revelation a chart of the whole of human history, and therefore to use it to predict when the end will come, is wrong, and it's not how John intended Revelation to be read. But if it is used to strengthen God's people undergoing particular trials, then it becomes a valid use. Did you get the point? Praise the Lord. We can chart the whole of human history through the book of Revelation. As we were predicting the end, if we do that, we are actually off course. But however, if John intended this book to be used, or we intend to make use of it, to strengthen God's people, undergoing particular trials at certain times, then become valid a way of interpreting the book of Revelation. Is that okay? Now, the third school of interpretation is the idealist. The idealist is seen between the messages for the first century and the prophecies of the far future. 
there is the position of the idealist. It deals chiefly with principles that are always valid in Christian experience. Here with the idealist, the beast is the Roman Empire of John's day, but also a succession of ungodly empires leading to the last empire from which the Antichrist will come. That is the apostolation. Are you following this? Listen to what they say. The beast is the empire, I mean the Roman Empire of John's day, but also a succession of ungodly empires leading to the last empire from which the Antichrist will come. This is their position. What position? The position of the idealist. So, since Christians have been persecuted throughout the generations, each generation should be able to identify who their beast is. The idealist point of view in interpreting the book of Revelation. Listen to the foreground, I mean, the, the foundation, the rest on. To them, the beast is the Roman Empire of John's day. But it also is a succession of ungodly empires leading to the last empire from which the Antichrist will come. Did you get the view? So then, in the application, it has to do with Christians have to be able to determine through all generations as being persecuted and such each generation should be able to identify who their beast is. Is that okay? Because Rome was persecuting the Christians. So any system persecuting the Christian should be seen as the beast. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. That's the position of the idealist. So in application, any time the church is persecuted, whoever is responsible for persecuting the church at a particular time should be seen as the beast or the antichrist. Did you get the point? Alright. That will come to the fourth position of interpretation. This is called the futurist. The futurist. So don't follow it. I mean, follow the point. I'm just dealing with the preterist and I'm dealing with I've dealt with the future. I mean, historist and then the idealist and now the futurist. This is largely a prophecy of events still to come. As well as just prior to the return of Christ. I'm dealing with the futurist perspective of interpreting the book of Revelation. For them, it's a prophecy of events still to come, especially prior to the second coming of Christ. That's their, that's their belief. This is a normal interpretation of someone reading the book for the first time because its imagery looks so fantastic. It means that the book will be especially relevant for those in the last generation. Amen? Before the coming of Christ. That's their position now. Now here the base is seen as the Antichrist that emerges from a revived Roman Empire. Did you get that? Okay. Now to the futurist, that which is called the second coming features prominently throughout the book of Revelation. But again, this view tends to overlook spiritual truth. That's of value today. However, know that John is not, I mean, John told us not to seal up the book. Like you find in Revelation 22 and verse number 10. Because the time is near. Why Daniel was told to seal up the vision until the end of times? Daniel 12 verse 4. This means that the book is about to start its fulfillment. Not necessarily just future. Did you get that? 
Praise the living God. I want you to pick this very well. Let me reemphasize. The beast for the future is seen as the Antichrist that emerges or is going to be emerging from a revived Roman Empire. That means Rome revived, the kingdom, the empire of Rome is going to be revived, and then the Antichrist is going to be rising from the revived empire of Rome. And again, I said to the futurists, that which is called the second coming feature prominently throughout the book of Revelation. So to them, the event of the book of Revelation will only begin to unfold in, I mean, preceding the coming of Christ. The imminent coming of Christ, if you will. Is that okay? So with that, the spiritual truth of the application of the book today is overlooked. Because everything is concerned to the future. Amen? But again, we'll find that in Revelation 22 verse 10, John said, they must not seal up the book. That is to say, the event are about to unfold. Whereas, as compared to Daniel 12 verse 4, we say seal up the book to the time of the end. Meaning, the book of Revelation cannot just be consigned to the future. Is that okay? So, the book of Revelation was written initially to the seven churches, like I said earlier, in the book in, in Asia, and hence the preterist view. However, the book will reach its final fulfillment when the last Antichrist appears and Christ returns. This is the futurist view. So you see the two opposite extremes. We find the preterist saying the book is all fulfilled because the letters were written to the seven churches and all of them experienced that which was written to them by implication. Is that okay? Right. Now the future is saying no, everything about the book is yet to be fulfilled. It has to do with the appearance of the Antichrist and the return of Christ in the future. So these are the two extremes in the interpretation of the book of Revelation. Lad, Lad, a, a guy called Lad, divides the futurist view into two kinds, and he calls it the moderate and the extreme view, known as dispensationalism. Dispensationalism to him makes up a sharp distinction between Israel and the church. The letters to the seven churches deal with seven ages of church history, and then chapter 7 onwards consigns. Israel, because the church has been raptured at this point so that it does not suffer in the great tribulation, which occurs, or which is going to be occurring during the last three and a half years of human history. Is that okay? Right. This is the position of lads. Right? At dispensationalism. Now, this view is widely held in America. The best exponent of this view is one word, one word, W-A-L-V-O-O-R-D. He is the greatest exponent of this view. Now the futurists, we argue, that the preterist interpretation is wrong because Revelation consigns the end times. But during the time of the Roman Empire, the preterist interpretation was the end time. Did you get that? That's why it is called fulfilled eschatology. A similar comment could be made of the historist interpretation during the Reformation. Now, the idealist interpretation is probably the most relevant today to meet today's needs during hard times 
when Christians are under pressure and it certainly does not discount a future fulfillment either. Are you listening to me? The futurist interpretation is probably the most relevant today. Why? Because it meets today's needs during hard times when Christians are under pressure so they can readily find the beast responsible for the persecution of the church of the people. One would strongly question then the idea that Revelation only has a future fulfillment if you go with the idealist perspective of interpretation. Now, the futurist and the idealist viewpoint of interpretation were most useful to the church in, t- in this generation in the West. Why is this so? Because the church in the West, remember the idealist view, present persecution, right? And then the futurist view, yet to come. So the church in the West is not undergoing any persecution. So the idealist perspective of looking for the Antichrist to persecute them cannot be achieved. Right? No wars, if you will. But the war that is ongoing in the church or the Western church is in the form of false doctrine and the seduction of worldly values. Are you understanding this? So I want you to get the whole picture right. Praise the Lord. So we have the futurist. I mean, first of all, the preterist who talks about all things fulfilled. Because Rome was the empire. Rome was the beast. Jerusalem was the Babylon. Everything ends and all of that is gone. Jerusalem is destroyed. Therefore, there is nothing more to be looked onto in the book of Revelation. Is that all right? The ideal is, okay, fine. We're talking about people that are persecuting the church right now. So if you find anybody persecuting the church, that fulfills the beast, that fulfills the antichrist, persecuting the church. So you can apply that principle right at this moment. Then the future, futurist, no, nothing can be picked up from the book of Revelation now, except for that which is going to come tomorrow. It's future, it's not now. It has to hear out the coming of Christ. Antichrist first, then, then Jesus Christ second return. That is the futurist. Are you seeing that? Amen. Okay. So, like we said, the identity interpretation is probably the most relevant today because it means man's need at any point in time under pressure, they're going to find the Antichrist in the midst of the difficult situation. Who's responsible? The Antichrist have written. And so you see everybody, even today. On Facebook, whatever, social media, talking about the Antichrist, the Antichrist, the Antichrist, because they are actually in the position, you know, dangling between the idealists and the futurists. So, when the Antichrist shows up, Christ is about to come. Amen? So, the, 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 praise the Lord. Are you still following this? I want you to capture it because it's very, very relevant, so that you see exactly where we are and what we are dealing with. The idealists, and the futurists are there. Then we also have to see uh, what's the next thing I'm talking about now? The the perspective of uh, praise the Lord. The futurists, like I said, and the idealist viewpoint of interpretation will be most useful to the church in this generation, like I said, in the West. Because for the idealists, there's no persecution right now going on in the West. So the church can pick it up from there. Right? Okay. But we know that the war and the persecution going on in the Western church, on the church of the West, 
has to do with false doctrine and seduction of worldly values. Alright, now, the fifth school of thought, uh, of course, this is where I belong, it's called Kingdom Eschatology. Now, under what I call Kingdom Eschatology, the book is both past, present, and future. This is so because the author is of yesterday, today, and forever, until the consummation of human history. It cannot just be fulfilled at specific times in the past, like the preterists will say, when humans are still being born into the world. But they must come into as they open their hearts. Remember what he said in the book of Revelation? As time they did not knock it. If you open your heart, are coming. Is that okay? Right. So we got to understand that. This is the position of the kingdom eschatologists. We cannot just say it is a fulfilled thing. No. Why? Because the author is yesterday, today, and forever. Praise the Lord. Likewise, we find that if Paul's letters are useful to us today, then these letters to the seven churches are relevant to us today. Did you get the point? Okay. Things could more surely come to pass. In Westing's mode of interpretation, if the book were written before, now I want you to get that. So, follow the three perspectives. Maybe you're going to listen all over again to be able to pick all the things I'm saying here. The first one we dealt it was what? The preterist. The second was the historist. The third one was the idealist. The fourth one was what? Praise the Lord. The futurist. And then the last one I just mentioned is what? The kingdom eschatologist. Is that okay? Could also do with that which is past, present, and future. So, kingdom eschatology kind of encompasses all of the four, if you will. Past, present, and future. Alright? It is both a preterist view, it is both an idealist view, and yet it's a futurist view. Put together in one. Because like I keep repeating, the author of the book, and remember it's a prophecy. Prophecy can be fulfilled yesterday, today, and forever. The author is the one that lives yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, Westings, W-E-T-S-T-E-I-N, most of interpretation. If the book were written before the destruction of Jerusalem, and the prophecy only relate to that destruction, with the civil wars among the Romans, which lasted about three or four years, then it might be said that revelation is of things which must surely come to pass. But if we consider the book as referring to the state of the church in all ages, the wars here and those in Revelation 1 verse 3 must be understood of the commencement of the events predicted, as if he had said, in a short time, the train of these visions, and that will be before the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70, which will be more of the force of the preterists. Is that okay? Western is speaking, and he's saying that if we talk about when the scripture saying they will surely come to pass, that means yes, the prediction I about to unfold, right? But that is not to say that will be the end of the events, but it's about to begin, right? And the preterist will say, Where is it about to begin? And the end of the age is 70. Did you see that? Good. Now, essentials. What is most essential in the book of Revelation? Paul's 
I mean, John's prophecy is primarily the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the revelation of future events. I just want you to catch this, because it's very important. John's prophecy is primarily the revelation of Jesus Christ. Look at the verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show. Revelation of Jesus Christ himself, which God gave unto him, Jesus, to show. So it's not a revelation of the future, but a revelation of a person. Now, you cannot separate the person from the prophecy. For without the person, there could be no prophecy on the fulfillment of the prophecy. Did you get that? You cannot separate the person from the prophecy. For without the person, there will be no fulfillment of the prophecy. Jesus is surely as I mean, he surely seen as the chief subject of the book of Revelation. Do you understand this? The prophecy is about him. It's about his workings, his dealings. If I may say, in us. But you can apply that into human history. But it is his prophecy and it's about him. Praise the Lord. And so, in Revelation 1 to 3... Christ can be seen as the exalted priest stroking ministry into the churches. In Revelation 4 to 5, he's seen in heaven as a glorified Lamb of God reigning on the throne. In Revelation 6 to 18, Christ is the judge of all the arts. And in Revelation 19, he returns prophetically to earth as the conquering king of kings. The book closes. With the heavenly bridegroom ushering his bride, the church, into the glorious heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. As you find in Hebrews 12, 22 to 23. Amen? So, this is the point I want you to see in terms of the interpretation of what? The book of Revelation. What have we considered? The preterist. I'm going to give you a rundown again. So that you can pick it up. The preterist. Here, there are clear reference to the book of Rome, like remember. But the preterist perspective is that the end of Roman Empire, or at least the conversion of Constantine AD 33, here the beast is seen only as the Roman Empire, and Babylon is Rome or Jerusalem. Is that okay? And so, this book. For them, it's not relevant to us as such today as it is a fulfilled eschatology. Everything has come to fulfillment, especially in AD 70. Is that okay? Right. Then, we dealt with the histories. This is the chart of the whole of human history from Christ's first coming towards his time, the second coming, and beyond. And we said in this method, people try to make sections of revelation fit in with specific historical events. The beast is seen here as a current manifestation of the beast, such as the papacy in the time of the Roman, I mean, time of the Reformation. Is that okay? Right. Now, the most important of the historic interpretation from the 12th century to Reformation time makes the purpose of the beast and Rome or the Roman church as Babylon. Praise the Lord. Then we have the idealists. Like I said, Whose message for the first century and prophecies of the far future? Now, yeah, it deals principally with uh, valid Christian experiences. In other words, 
Rome as an empire in those days was a beast and so also a succession of godly empires leading to the last empire from which the Antichrist will come I mean is what the idealist view is in other words persecuting powers like Roman Empire were the beast and any persecuting system right now for the church is the beast is that okay right so for them Christians have been persecuted throughout the generation and each generation should be able to identify who their beast is that is the point of the idealist now the future is it's like a prophecy of event still to come especially prayer to the return of Christ to them the Antichrist must first show up then Jesus will come through that is the portion of the future is amen Praise the Lord. But we said the preachers, I mean the future tend to overlook spiritual truth that is of value today. That's a problem. They put everything into the future. Praise the living God. Alright. Then we talked about the, 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 the fifth one, which is the Kingdom Eschatology. So here we're talking about this book is both past, present, and future. This is so because the author is again of yesterday to the end forever until the consummation of human history. It cannot just be fulfilled at a specific time in the past when humans are still being born into the world. He said, If you open your heart, I will come in. Remember that? He the world that is and is to come, past, present, and future. That is the position of the kingdom eschatologists. Praise the living God. And like I said, essentially, this book is a prophecy. Primarily revealing Jesus Christ, not invent of just future to come. But about Christ's workings through human history, through your life and in my life. Because essentially, he is coming in to dwell within man. Praise the Lord. And like we said, you cannot separate the person from the prophecy. So, you can separate Christ from the prophecy of the book of Revelation. Because without the person, there can be no fulfillment of such prophecies. Praise the Lord. So friends, this is what you find as to how you can think about interpreting the book of Revelation. You are free to choose the mode of interpretation. Either you are a preterist, or you are a historist, or you are an idealist, or you are a futurist, or you are interpreting from the perspective of kingdom eschatology. The choice is yours. And that will give you insight as to what you really must be looking for in the book of Revelation. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.